Hello and welcome to episode 48 of the Console Ninjas Podcast. I'm Jay Stokes and sat in their pants with me today to talk about what things we've been doing. Uh, we have Willie. Hello. Uh, I think Dash is here as well. I'm in my pants. And somewhere is Mr. Derek as well. I'm in my leotard, but we'll move on from that. Okay, well I'm personally sporting the finest of mankinis today. Um, as it all going, has been having a good week? It's yeah. been lovely. Yeah. It's too hot. Yeah. <laughs> you ungrateful yeah, British bastard, you. Yeah, it's, it's too hot. It's, it's, it's that horrible way, though, where I feel guilty about sitting in the house playing games, don't I? Do you know what I mean? doesn't stop me from sitting in the house playing games, but I feel bad about it when I'm looking at the sun outside. <laughs> Do you feel you have a moral responsibility to go out, look at the sun and say, I appreciate you coming out, and then... Yeah, mate. Okay. Praise the sun. <laughs> Well, you're pleased to know that I've been enjoying the outside for you. I've been back on my bike, I've been doing some mountain biking and uh, seeing the outside. There is actually some things outside, um, and women too, just in case you wanted to go out. Yeah. All right, enough of that. Right, uh, who's got things to talk about? I think that Will has got exciting things to talk about first. So, uh, Will, the pass the floor over to you, and uh, where you go. Right, I'm going to start us off slowly. Right, going to ease us in. Uh, first thing I want to talk about is... I played the last chapter of The Wolf Among Us. I think I've been quite quiet about The Wolf Among Us recently. I don't think I even spoke about the fourth episode. Uh, there's not much to talk about, obviously, because it's a very story-based game. The two Boo. things... Yeah, well, <laughs> I like a bit of that. Um, the two things I will talk, uh, point out is one, and Derek's going to have a fit here, is obviously the length of it again. Uh, again, it was sitting at about an hour and 20 minutes. Which is fine if it's if it's what you're accustomed to, but again, it's just that whole thing where I liked having a full night of playing one of these games. You know what I mean, making it a proper event. But you know, I'm used to it now. I'm getting getting more used to it. Well, are you are you skipping any of it? Because I, I seem to recall with The Walking Dead, sometimes episodes that there, there, there were bits you could miss out and so on. See, this is the thing. This is my issue. With it. It's not an issue per se because it's still a good game. The the issue I have though is. With Walking Dead, uh, the, the the first series of The Walking Dead, you would always do like one little scene, and then you would have the bit in between the scenes where you would be in some sort of little hub bit. You'd go around talking to the characters yeah. and have lots of audio, o- optional dialogue. The Wolf Among Us has no optional dialogue like this at all. There's very little time to have some kind of like free reign and explore stuff and talk to people and anything like that. It's usually just one scene to the next scene. Mm-hmm. So that that's the part that it, I, I mean, I guess it makes the story a bit more focused, but I'd like to be able to get to know the characters a bit more like I did in the first series of The Walking Dead. It's also a problem with the, the Walking Dead series too as well, where you do get these little sections, but you only get them like maybe once or twice in a, an episode, and it doesn't have branching dialogue trees like you got in the original one. You can't like, talk about a few different things. You just go to the characters and they'll have like a little conversation between them, and then that's that person done, and move on to the next, do you know what I mean? But The Wolf Among Us doesn't have anything like that, it's just, as I say, one scene straight straight on to the next. They've got so, so many of, so many games that coming out that are, are just like this, haven't they? I mean, you've obviously got more Wolf Among Us, more Walking Dead to come, you've got Game of Thrones, you've got the Borderlands thing coming as well. Is, is this 
is there enough variety in it or is it just really it's just the same thing with slightly different story each time but if the story is good enough that doesn't that's what matters at the end of this it's how good the story is if it's the same thing with really good stories every time I'll take that all day. Yeah, yeah. and it is yeah. really good stories. The um, the Wolf Among Us has definitely been really great. Um, the the second thing I definitely wanted to talk about this, so that brings us on to that, is that the choices that I made throughout the first four episodes really came into play here in a big major way. Um, there's a scene at the end, and basically it's that kind of end scene where you've got all the characters in the one place, and You've kind of got the some people are on one side and some people are on the other side, and a lot of that is based on decisions that you made throughout the game, and the game plays out completely different. Also, I'd imagine this game finishes off several different ways, unlike The Walking Dead, where it was kind of the same thing each time. You sure. just had to make little. Um, I mean, I can spoil Walking Dead season one at this point, can't I? Spoilers for anybody who hasn't played. No. It. no. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah, it's all right. Okay. You can, I think. No, Jace is going to play it. Go for it, I'm not bothered. It's a story, well, I don't Just that, that thing like at the end where you get the choice of whether to kill someone or not. That's I'll, I'll put it that way. Anyone who's played it will know what I'm talking about. But uh, that, that doesn't have an actual effect on the, the next series at all. But this one definitely can, seems to be that it can end in several different ways, which is very interesting. Um, but overall, I was really impressed with it. Doesn't have the same impact as The Walking Dead because it doesn't have all that tension. But I really liked the little world. I know it, they didn't build the world. It's another one that came from a comic, uh, from Fables, to be exact. And I, I quite fancied getting into that comic series and reading it. But I, yeah, I loved it. Really, really liked it. Just wish I could have had a little bit more optional stuff in there. Although to be fair, the uh, Wolf Among Us does have a, a, an achievement that, like, when you played. Um, Walking Dead Series 1 and with the looks of things Series 2, you get every single achievement point just for playing the chapters but the Wolf Among Us has, each chapter has an optional achievement for filling in all your little fable books and the only way to fill up your fable book is by going back and replaying it and doing extra choices so I guess they're trying to convince you to go back and see how it would have played out but that's gen- generally speaking not for me. Yeah, sure. So I, I usually I, just like the way my kid my yeah, I mean, that, I, that was the point I was going to raise. Actually, was about <coughs> excuse me, was about the achievements and with Walking Dead, it was it was just sort of chapters that you'd play through, wasn't it? At the end, pop, there's yeah. your fifty points or whatever it was. So it, yeah. so th- there is there is something worth going back to play, but then presumably you've got to sit through an hour or so just to get back no. to make that choice. Or well, as I said, the games, the chapters only tend to be about an hour and a half long, and there's seven chapters in each. Uh, sorry, well, yeah. Sorry, the episodes are an hour and a half. And the chapters, t- there tends to be seven chapters, so each chapter's only about ten minutes, maybe. Do you know what I mean? So you can actually pick to replay it from a certain mm. chapter and go back and make that choice. So you can you can go back and do it in about ten, five, five, ten minutes, if you really want to. Okay, that's, that's your kind of thing. Yeah, sure, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, but... I very recommend have, uh, playing it. You've you've got the first episode, haven't you, Dan? Yeah, I've I've sort of played about ten minutes of it. Um, I think I've got the first achievement point, like you say, and then I've just not gone back to it. It kind of reminds me of I think it's like my wife's favourite TV program, that like Once Upon a Time, which is um, NBC Disney TV show. Um, 
that features all sorts of fairy tale characters and so on. Um, and because it's Disney, I think the new series has lots of characters from Frozen in it, for example. But this is, you know, um, proper actors. It's not, uh, it's not an animated thing. It's not for kids yeah, either. Yeah. But, um, but that's, that's the kind of that whole fairy tale thing is, is, is what's put me off it, to be honest. What's the TV show? There's a TV show that's based off of this very loosely. Well, oh, off of fables anyway. Is it, well, is it I, Grimm or something like well, that? Well, Once Upon a Time and Grimm are both fairy tale like shows, aren't they? I think Fable, yeah, but one of them fables, kind I think, of falls. was going to be a TV show, but I don't think it's happened yet. Right, okay. But, yeah, do recommend. Um, just give us something optional to do in the actual game, please. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hey, say go, what Derek, I, go I'm, shout at me. No, no, I'm just going to say what I always say is that it's roughly about the price of a pint for something that will probably last you a bit longer than a pint and these sort of things. They've just decided to go with a more focused idea and attitude with these titles, which yeah. doesn't work as well for someone that maybe wants to get into the universe a bit more, but I think it lets them really dig into what they want to tell you a bit better. Yeah. And to be fair, as I said, the extra stuff before was generally just like talking to people about random stuff that didn't impact. It was just it was just nice to get used to the characters and, and stuff like that and you didn't really get a chance. This all felt very whirlwind. Each time you played it you were just in and out and by the time it was finished you were always kind of left going I'd have liked a bit more of that. Do you know what I mean? And it, it's still, I would say it's still value for money in that terms but the, the first series of The Walking Dead was more value for money. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I think because there were so many discounts on The Walking Dead as it, as it sort of got released and, and certainly after it got released that I've pretty much decided I'm just going to play um, season two in, in one go as a, as a sort of collected thing in a sale at some point, probably over Christmas I expect Yeah uh, I, I don't know, I can't even comment on that there's still two of those left to come out but definitely with this I would recommend playing it in one go yeah. to be honest yeah. but yeah that's so that's that done and now, now on to the bigger news, and you guys obviously know this, but... Hang on, can I fit a fanfare in here, do you think? Yeah. Da, 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 da. Well, that was rubbish. I'll get one off YouTube instead. <laughs> I got an Xbox One. Right. <laughs> bloody time as well. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the 21st century, mate. Cheers. To be fair... I've heard that before. I think the 360 came out in 2005, didn't it? So I think that counts as well. Uh, so this is a Dreamcast, but moving on. Uh, yeah, I'm loving it. I got the Connectless version. Ooh. Yay. Well, the idea was, was to get it as quick as I could. And I have it now. Uh, we've since discovered that CEX sells Connect sensors for 20 quid, so... I'll be picking one of them up next week and I should be joining you with that because one of the biggest things I'm getting right now is it's quite sad when you guys are saying, telling your Xbox to do things over the headset. <laughs> I feel quite lonely. Especially when you have to tell it to do it multiple times. Yeah. And there's certain things that I'm finding I just can't do. Like I can't record stuff at all without the Connect. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And there's just so much would be a lot easier if I could do it. So... Yeah, I'll be getting that next week. Apart from that, as I said, the only game I've properly been playing on it right now is Titanfall with you guys, and what a blast. 
that game is. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, I enjoy it. Um, I enjoy punching other titans in the face. I've become a bit too addicted to that, to be honest, and it gets me killed more more often than not. It's easily done, though, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> when you see it right in front of you, it's kind of, oh, I just want to punch it. Just punch it right in the face. It took a while to get into it, didn't it? Because we played it with Stu the first couple of nights, and you know what Stu's like for the if you're not too great at the game and stuff like that. And I was getting a bit of shit from him for it. And yeah, because you're not the world's best player on the first time you ever played the game. Yeah, yeah. So you must be a shy bird. But I've definitely got to the point now where I'm definitely not at the bottom of the leaderboards anymore when we're, when we're playing games. I've been MVP a few times, and I think I'm starting to find my groove on it. What do you think, Jess? Well, yeah, I think we had um, a night... Was it last night or night before? I, can, I, can't, I can't remember. We it all goes it into night. one. But yeah, last night I think... Um, at no point did one of us not be MVP in any yeah. matches we had. We must have had 10, 12 matches between us. And, um, yeah, I think um, between us, we, we were always up there, you know, and, and we, we've all got to that point um, where, where we can we can be competitive in it. Yeah. And uh, being able to play together, if, if we ever decided to do any actual teamwork, we might be quite good. Yeah. Uh, I think in terms of like, weaponry and stuff like that, I'm quite uh, boring because I tend to stick to the same stuff all the time. I don't know if you guys are a bit more like, like to rotate your weapons. I know you guys are going for challenges and stuff, which very much dictates... No, no, Jace Jay, is going for challenges. I'm just going for my regen requirements. Once I've got that, then I'll just regen and I'll pick it all up from the start again. Oh, but you, Dash, you haven't regen, have you? No, no. I've, I'm about level 40 now, I think. Um, I've had a few good games this week, and um, as, as Jace will, will confirm, I certainly was top of the leaderboard at one point. Um, during the week, so that was pretty good. This did happen, it was, it was a thing. A thing. <laughs> um, but uh, otherwise, yeah, I, I like to prop up the bottom because I like to give other people a chance. I've heard this about you. This <laughs> is ge- genuinely generous nature that I just have. Uh, and as I say, I enjoy it. I like the button cards. Uh, that was one thing I wasn't entirely sure about people. I've, I've gone through phases where I've thought these burn cards really spoil the game, and other times I've thought, you know, it adds something to it because everyone's got the choice to use them. So. Maybe I'm uh, half and half on that still, but yeah. what do you guys think about I just about tend that? to forget them. Yeah, I do that a lot. Derek, what do you think about them? It's really figuring out how you're going to use them is this bit that I struggle with the most. It's, there's a tactical element to it, but it's trying to figure out how best to use that tactical element a lot of the time. Especially when you think, oh no, I know how I'm going to use this. You run out the door and then you get shot in the face. It's like, oh well, I guess I'm not using that anymore. No, I've got a bad habit of holding the, the best cards that I've got and trying to use up all the kind of rubbish little SMGs and stuff that they give me. Because you keep thinking you know you're I mean? going to have that one moment that you go, yes, this is a perfect moment to use Ghost Squad, run about being invisible and snap people's necks. And again, There are some things, like um, I've been playing Mark for Kill with you guys and you know I get a bit um, panicky when suddenly I'm marked for death. Yeah. And... You know, do you get the little cards that make your Titan come faster? Mm-hmm. I tend to use them on Mark for Kill if I'm going to be the target. I try to get my Titan to come faster. Is it so Mark for Death or Mark for Kill? You called it two Mark, different Mark things. Mark for Death. Who cares? <laughs> Shoot that particular person in the face mode. Yeah, run around with a big red circle around your head mode. You are the funniest person in the group when you suddenly become Mark for Death just because you... Normally it's like, I know what I'm doing, I know what I'm doing, I'm going to go and get them, I'm going to go and get them, and then suddenly you're marked for death, and you're going to, ah, fuck, ah, ah, what the fuck am I going to do? You're always walking around the corner, there's a fucking titan standing there, and then there's like three people targeting you. You basically turn into the world's biggest hedgehog, where you get in a titan and you're trying to hunker down. 
So yeah, that's that's basically my strategy when it comes to that is to get into a Titan as fast as I can when I'm marked. So that that's the only proper strategic um, burn cards that I've been using is I've been using them when I'm going into a Mark, uh, Mark for Death game. You are easier to find when you're in a Titan though. At least if you're a pilot, you can do all the boom parkour, run out the way thing. Yeah, but you've got a big fucking target on top of your head telling everybody where you are. I'd rather that big fucking target was inside a big giant turtle shell thing that I can hide in, do you know what I mean? Heroes in a half shell. Right, Titan right. power. Time <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Episode title. <laughs> I'll set him up, you knock him down. Yeah. But yeah, apart from that, it's just a case of using them when you fa- fancy them, isn't it? Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Was it Ghost Squad was the one you were talking about? No. Is that, the, is that the one that makes you go invisible for the whole time? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's great if you use that with the stims. You're just running about the place in the world. It's awesome. That's my favourite. Once you figure out how to traverse the environment, because you're still really learning that just now, but when you get not, really good at it... Not anymore. I'm definitely now getting to the point where I'm used to the, a lot of the maps now. I, I recognise the layouts. I know where I'm going. And I'm constantly... I'm never standing still, hiding behind things. I'm just constantly running about the whole map. I love it. So where do you it's, stand... Yeah, but it's... Sorry, I was just going to say, where do you stand on the on the auto pistol thing? I don't really know how to use it. Uh, the only time I see it is when someone's killed me in a replay. <laughs> Do not want. No, it's, it's it's what I started the game with, and um, just to try and score some points. So that that was pretty much how I started playing. Um, but but since then, I I just sat with a carbine with a decent sight on it, and I seem to be alright. Yeah, that's me. Is generally the carbine as well. As I say, I'm not very inventive when it comes to weaponry and stuff. I'm generally just using the stems and running about as fast as I can. Killing someone and moving on to the next place, jumping up buildings. That's, that's about it. Yeah. My favourite little power is the um, the one that puts a radar pulse set, so you can basically see through yeah, the walls yeah, like Promethean yeah. Vision. Um, that, coupled with like the second SMG, can be a killer combination when I'm in the mood for it. Especially when if you use it on games like Hardpoint, if you're just going up to one of the bases, you put on the ping, and you just see them hiding around corners, get out a satchel charge, chuck in the door, kaboom. It works and that's every it, time. It's, it's the fact that everybody's got access to those same abilities, so it, it kind of levels it out. I think they've, they've worked a lot on the um, balancing of the matches. Okay. Um, and I said this way back when we played the demo back at um, Eurogame. It was all about balance, and I think they've got it spot on, really. Occasionally, I think the Titan weapons feel a bit OP when you, uh, you, you're jumping across the top of buildings and it takes one shot from a, the chain gun to take you down, and that can be frustrating, but uh, generally I think it's quite balanced. Bots are a bit pointless, aren't they? No, they're, they're the ones that get you your Titan faster as well as adding to the team score. Killing bots will make your Titan come down a lot quicker. I don't mean that, I don't mean for the points, I'll always shoot them when I see them, I'll always take the, the free points basically, but I mean they're a bit useless as in they just stand and look at you. Yeah, <laughs> that's, the time. but that's all they're meant to do, they're not there to provide a challenge, they're there for you to farm and yeah. use as a resource. Yeah, what I do hate though is in terms of like AI is those bloody auto turret things. Or just go and hack them. Yeah. Take yeah, them back. I tend, to, I tend to whenever possible, but yeah. the As I say, the bots just tend to stand and look at me and I'd like a bit more aggression for the bots. But then maybe the place, the thing would just be ridiculous if the bots were murdering people efficiently. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. It's there. It's again, it's a part of the metagame. It's how you use them for your advantage. There's people yeah. that will get Titans down in half the time of other people because they will expressly go after the bots at the start. Right. Yeah, I think okay. that's me. 
as I say, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. There's obviously blatantly a bigger reward for going after players rather than the bots anyway, so if you're going to go for the bots, it's going to take longer, isn't it? Yeah, so it's like anything else. It's a mixture of the two. It's just, mm-hmm. I will always, if I see a cluster of three or four grunts or spectres, and there's no one else necessarily near me, I'll make a beeline for them because it means that I'll get my thing faster, I'll add to the team score, there's a chance I'll get a burn card as well, so there's enough incentives there to actually make you want to do it, I think. Here's the question, right, and I think this might be the case, but I haven't had any confirmation. Shooting Titans with my rocket launcher or whatever whatever my Titan weapon of choice is, anti-Titan weapon is, does just shooting them doing damage, does that lower my time? Yes, can do if you have I, the right burn. So if, 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 if you've got the um, yeah, the the card you want on is um, Titan Salvage for that, so you get lots for that. Right, I've, I'm never looking at my time down the bottom of the screen, like to see how long I've got left for my Titan to arrive. But there's been a few times where I fired a rocket, and just as the rocket's hit and did damage, it's come up. Your Titan's ready, and I'm not using any burn cards. So it's I'm probably just coincidence. Look. I'm thinking. Maybe. I don't. I don't think it expressly takes time off. I could be wrong, but I don't think it takes time off if you just hit a titan with the anti-titan weapons. I don't know. Either way, that tends to be the thing that I do. I love taking on titans with my rocket launcher. I've got mono a titan. Yeah. There's something exciting about it, and there's so many times I've wished that wished I could have recorded. Uh, so that's definitely what I'm missing. That's why I really need that connect. But um, yeah, I'm really enjoying my experience with it. We'll definitely be playing more Titanfall and. I'd like uh, to get a bigger game of Titanfall with some more people. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, it, it's it's nice to have a few of us on, but um, if we could make it into a, a full match between us, that'd be uh, really good. Yeah, yes, that. so I'm on the lookout for that. Uh, that's all I've been playing, but I have got a couple of games on the way, um, so I should have Forza coming and FIFA. So did you, um, before you got it, did you get the um, uh, gold games? Did you get games for gold? Yes, yeah, the Spartan Ops and Max, Max, Max and the Curse Brotherhood and Guacamole as well. I've got all those. Yeah, that's what it's all about, man. Uh, the only thing is, I can't confirm. Remember, you got me Derek to do the thing where I went on Xbox Live uh, on my computer and yeah. set those games to purchase, so that when I got it, the only thing is, when I got my Xbox One, we were still within that month, so I can't even confirm if that worked or not. Okay. But either way, I got all the games. I haven't yeah. missed out on any of them. Uh, me and you took a stab at Spartan Ops, didn't we, Jace? But we weren't entirely impressed. But to be fair, you did put on two bloody skulls and we put it on a hard difficulty without <laughs> having attempted it before. So <laughs> I think we would probably get that kind of that kind of experience with it's it. It's a Halo game, mate. I can't play it without being hard. Uh, yeah, but I think a lot of I? that's to do with. I think a lot of that game's to do with having better weaponry and stuff in it. And you probably be able to take that into there. Uh, yeah, so probably. we probably we were, we were probably doing it wrong, trying to use the standard weapons to take on legendary with two skills. But I'd I'd like to get that an attempt. It's a pity that the campaign's single player, but it means yeah, I'll definitely get into that, and we'll come back to it once I've actually played the campaign and seen what the game has to offer. First. The campaign's not single player, I don't think. Is it not? No. Oh, this is what no, Stu got, told us. You got the multiplayer that's just maps, <clears throat> is it not? Yeah, um, isn't the co-op just doing the flood missions or something? Or doing oh, the, the no, yeah, no, that's right, that is indeed the case. I, my mistake, I got confused. Yeah. Go. Oh, that means Stu was right. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'll, I'll get into the single-player playthrough. I'd, I'd imagine that's going to get you into it gently and 
teach you the, the, the basics of it before you start throwing yourself into ridiculous legendary two skull matches. So I'll do that first and then we'll play it. But I haven't tried any of the other ones. We did play, um, what's that fighting game? Killer Instinct, AJ. Oh, great. Don't remind me. <laughs> <laughs> so who are you going to be this match? Um, Jago? Yeah, yeah. Who are you going to fight against? Jago, probably. <laughs> it's not that. It did, didn't compel me to want to play the game at any point either because it was not fun even regardless of being the same character, was it? And the worst thing about it was... We had three of us in the lobby to try and do the winner stays on thing, like you do in Street Fighter, um, which works perfectly well. But in this, it never let me have a game. It was just you against Stu every time, which um, caused me to rage quite quite quickly. Yeah. That's a thing, by the way, and um, I don't need to talk about Street Fighter at this point. We all got Street Fighter for free. We all know what Street Fighter is, but me and Stu have had a few good nights on that, haven't we? Doing the winner stays on thing, and... I'd like to get more people in on that. I think that would be a lot more fun with like four or five people. I think that's the best mode on a fighting game that I've played. The fact that it's it's so much like the arcade. You can do winner stays on. Whoever wins the match, the next person in the list from, from the uh, party goes in. And if you could do that with eight people, you could, you could spend the time, because you can obviously spectate on the matches that are going on. You can all chat amongst yourselves and have a laugh, taking the piss out of people. And then um, when your turn comes around, you can get yourself beaten. Um, yeah. It's it's fantastic, and and on the, the because it's the uh, arcade edition they gave us free. You've got probably five million characters to choose from, and uh, it's <laughs> just bad, it throws nuts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> what's his name again, Jess? His name is um, oh, Captain Nutchucker, the guy with the nuts. I don't know. Answers on a postcard to the usual email address. He's the one that's from another game, isn't he? It is. And I it's supposed know. to it's supposed oh, to be stolen. Is it not Donkey Kong then? She beat me to it, I was about to say that. <laughs> he threw barrels, surely. <laughs> or bananas. But again, it's anyway. don't need to talk about that too much, just but I would like to see if anyone's interested in coming on and getting a night of Street Fighter and doing some winner stay on chat. It's, it's the ultimate drunken fun for me. Yeah, yeah. It sounds like a plan Friday night. I've just got a Clear some space off my hard disk and uh, finish downloading it. It's sitting in my pending. And you thing. don't need to be particularly good at it, mate, because oh, you're that's not all right, particularly then. good at it. <laughs> <laughs> so if I'm talking about anyone listening, you don't need to be particularly good. We don't know the ultra combos, except I do know no Rio's one, Rio's one, but that's about all. That's that's what I've been playing, guys. Sorry, that was a bit of a mouthful, but I did just get a new console. Just before you go about well, that, we'll finish. I'm not going anywhere, mate. I'm well, still going to be here. But before it's somebody else's turn to speak, <laughs> I just wanted to say, um, you got the Connectless version, uh, and as yes. we discussed amongst ourselves in the week, CEX are knocking out Connect Twos for twenty quid, uh, and they'll buy yours off you for a fiver. I think that seriously undervalues it. But it also really, really sounds the death knell, doesn't it? But certainly from their point of view. Well, given the fact that they've just released the Windows version for 150 well, quid, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I think the thing is, um, and Stu showed us the stock count, didn't he, where it was like, what was it, 825 they had in stock. I've got a feeling that a lot of that's to do with the fact that they've bought them too quickly. Do you know what I mean? And the price hasn't been edited, and that they've put the, that price right down because they're now trying to get rid of them and they don't want anymore, so they don't want people selling them to them. So I wonder what they were buying them for originally. Yeah, I'd imagine it would have been a bit more. The the thing is, I don't think CEX reacts fast enough when it comes to this kind of thing. Yeah, well, they're they're not mugs. I mean, they they they're there to make money. So presumably, 
Yeah, if you if you think they've got eight hundred odd in stock, I mean, is that what throughout the UK or just in Glasgow? I think it was throughout the UK to be fair. Yeah, that's that's and that's still quite a that's still quite a few, isn't it? Yeah, well, there's what like twenty odd shops in the UK, so that's like about forty in each shop. Mm. Average, do you know? What I mean, that's a lot sitting about. Yeah, I guess so, so. Yeah, I'd imagine it's just something like that with the. They bought them in too fast at the start. When as soon as the the connectless version came out, people started trying to sell them. And as I say, they bought them in too quickly, and now they've got far too many. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I wonder how many people regret it afterwards and go, "Oh, I can't record anything now," or "Oh no, every time I walk in the room, it doesn't turn on or whatever." Yeah, well, as I said, I am feeling the effects of not having one, so. I am going to capitalise on these people's sadness and I'm going to get one of these cheap connects and join in with the rest of you. Yeah, good. Tell my Xbox to do things. <laughs> That's a good move, mate. Definitely. Call, call it names. You two can uh, you two can have it not listen to you and uh, end up swearing <laughs> yeah. at it. Xbox, I said fucking snap. It's even worse, mate. I've got a fucking Glaswegian accent. No, it, it, it recognises accents as well. Yeah. You can train it to your accents. It's good. Yeah. Do you know what it's going to be like? Um, I don't know... Any of you guys have ever seen the Glaswegian comedy Burniston? Of course I've seen Burniston, yes. Have you seen the Scottish voice-activated uh, lift? I have, yes. Sketch. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be that. And yeah. It's going to be me shouting at the connect. <laughs> it's just going to end up with me <laughs> saying, Freedom! Yeah, Go back floor. to your own country! Bugger it off back to America. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, again, that's what I've been up to, and I think it's time to let somebody else talk for a bit. That's a good shit. Uh, Before you start, oh. I really need to go for a piss. I'm going to mute myself. He's going to keep talking and I'll try and join them. You could have just gone, really. <laughs> but it's all right. Thanks for the info. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. We might edit it out or we might not. As Will just mentioned, um, the free games, Max and Cursed Brotherhood, um, I have finished that game this week. Um, and it kind of got a bit of a bit of a rough press really I think when it when it launched. It is a Unity engined two D side scrolling platformer with this sort of so called unique twist of being able to draw uh, things on the screen, sort of branches and vines and what have you. But um do you know what I really quite enjoyed it. Um I've sort of just started it again now playing it with my daughter. So I didn't think it's half as bad as people have made out. It's not a bad it's a seven out of ten, that's for sure. Has anybody else tried it? I've not played it, I just think it got a bit of a rough ride due to the fact that it was so much stuff was hitting at that point in time. Anything that wasn't quite up to excellent class got a much harsher judgment, I think, than it probably could have done normally. Yeah, I think it's on the 360, isn't it, I think, now? Um, but yes, um, it was it released first on the 1, so I don't know, it it did seem, it graphically, you know, it. <laughs> um, I can't see that it would be any different. It's you know it's not a graphical powerhouse game, but it, you know, it was it was certainly quite a bit of fun, and um, I would certainly recommend people play it. Is it as pernickety in the controls as has been suggested? No, I've, I've not really. Okay, had to, that's a straightforward no, answer. Yeah, <laughs> um, it, it's it's pernickety the first few times you use it because you're 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 using the left stick to move left and right, pressing A to jump, uh, just you know bog standard, uh, and then you squeeze the right trigger to bring up the pen uh, and then you move um, I think it's the uh, right stick or the left stick, whichever one it is uh, to, to draw um, your um, 
to draw your tree stump or your mound of earth or your vine or whatever. No, it's, it, it's not difficult at all. Oh, good. Yeah, I mean, I've got it because obviously it's been on the uh, Games with Gold program, yeah. so you'd be a bit, you'd be a bit daft not to downloaded it or picked it up. So I'll play it eventually. It's it's just once again so much stuff, so little time. Yeah, no, it's it's, it's probably an easy thousand G. There are there, it's quite it's um you will die a lot. Put it that way. Um, and there are there are a number of achievements there for um for for getting through certain levels without dying. You want to talk about dying a lot? You want to play Dark Souls, Dan? <laughs> oh, here we go again. Shut up. God's sake, people. How long was that? Yeah, to be honest with you, I don't think there's much difference between the two games <laughs> in terms of how hard they are. <laughs> it's just one looks a little bit friendlier. Yeah, yeah. Don't take my word for it. Play it for yourself. I bet you die. <laughs> that, that was the most threatening thing. <laughs> we yeah. said that. I bet you die. Play this game, you will, you will die. die. Oh, it, it's 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 a trial and error game, isn't it? You see, it's like those old uh, Japanese game, uh, TV shows that used to give kids seizures. Is that going to happen or something? That what, play that? Pokemon. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I can't believe it was me that brought up Pokemon this week. Oh, that's just not on. Oh, there we go. That's the two console ninjas things ticked off for this week, man. Yeah, hang on. Everybody, everyone, everyone having a shot. Should, should I throw in Colonial Marines just to, just to yeah. get out there? I was just going to say, I see this yeah. new Assassin's Creed Unity trailer out today. I've not seen it yet. We've got to mention AC. Um, so um, I played that. I think um, the other thing I'd like to talk about, um, which I have played, and I think is brilliant, and I think everybody should go out and buy it now, uh, and that's Ubisoft's Valiant Hearts, The Great War. Tells the story. I think you've probably seen it. It's another of these um, sort of cartoony UB art framework games. Uh, like Child of Light and Rayman. And again, it's just a flat 2D sort of puzzle game. It's kind of like that. Uh, do you remember that cave game that came out sort of last year or so? Um, what's his... The, the, the cave? Yeah, that. That cave game. It's um, <laughs> Yeah, that. Um, it's kind of similar in that it's a sort of puzzle-based um, explore game and so on. It's not terribly difficult, but um, it tells kind of a harrowing story of... Um, of, of of people that were that were fighting in the First World War, really, and and it's sort of filled with historical facts. Um, as you go along, it will sort of pop up um, sort of photographs from the First World War, tells you facts about it, and so on. So it's quite a, has a certain very much an educational bent to it, um, and it has uh, quite a sort of harrowing ending. Um, and um, the the horror of war is 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 fully realised in this in this rather charming cartoony game. Is it written from uh, people's letters? Um, the, there are letters in it that you find. Um, I, d- I believe those. Are, I believe those are from actual letters, aren't they? From the from the Great War. What What's interesting is um, obviously for us, history is told from the point of view of the British, whereas this is obviously a sort of French Canadian game. So it involves all all sides, um, and the main protagonists. Uh, there's a French guy, uh, and then inadvertently his. Um, his steps or his sort of son-in-law uh, is in fact German, and at the beginning of the game he gets carted off um, when France sort of kicks everybody that's German out of the country. Uh, so he gets sent off, and he ends up obviously fighting for the Germans. Uh, and then they meet up on the battlefield, so to speak, later on. Uh, and there's a sort of American guy who seems to sort of fight for every side actually throughout this game. Uh, and and that, sort of the three of them. Uh, sort of do the fighting, and then there's a there's a girl character as well who's a nurse. So there's a there's sort of mini games with her that you play. Which sort of Guitar Hero, hit the right buttons as they're sort of streaming along this 
soddy, blood-ridden bandage as well as just sort of healing people and stuff. But, oh, I, I, you know, I really, really enjoyed it and um, uh, I recommend it. Do you feel it conveys... The horror of war? Well, I don't want to use that phrase because it's a phrase that everybody always ends up using. Does it convey the horror of war? But is is there enough of an emotional undercut to it yeah, that you... Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think certainly the last level. Um, you've got to get through this last level, and there are just bombs raining down on you all the time. The, the the scenery that you're running in front of keeps getting blown up, and you just get blown up all the time. And it becomes quite frustrating to get through to the end of the level. And it might have been because it was late at night that I was playing this, and that I was really tired. But at the same time, it just made me feel, God, this is just this. Is, the noise is doing my head in, all the explosions, the fact that all shit is going to hell all around me. And I I, I kind of thought that, that was that sort of really. You're you're being pushed forward by this particularly nasty commanding officer, and you think, when is this going to end? I'm this is this is um, this is madness, and certainly they all feel a little bit futile, so to speak. Well, yeah, you kind of need to to play the game, really. I I, I don't want to spoil yeah. what happens, but yeah, go get it, twelve quid, or in a sale soon, probably. It's definitely on the list of things to play. Me anyway, it's, it looks quite interesting. Yeah, I mean, you like your you you like your story-driven sort of Wolf Among Us and Walking Dead sort of things. It's not it's not quite like that. There's there's more of a game to it. Uh, but but definitely um, give it a look. This is kind of the sort of story that I could get into because I like historical stuff and I like um, that uh, aspect of, of feeling people's uh, emotion from the war and stuff. And that comes across in the letters now. I think I'll be fairly interested in it. So uh, it's on my it list. It does, too. and it is a strong story. I'll, t- I'll give you that. I, I I certainly hope that Valiant Hearts is the first in sort of a series of games along, you know, with with the title Valiant Hearts. Maybe they'll do a World War Two one, maybe they'll do Vietnam. So it'll teach you, because it there are all these historical things tied into some sort of French website. So you get all this text on the screen that, that, that explains to you about mustard gas. And the, the voiceover during the um, uh, during the game itself is explaining what's going on. It's sort of saying, oh, on, on such and such a date, um, chlorine gas was deployed for the first time uh, on the battlefield. And you just see all, all the characters sort of lying around choking uh, in this sort of thick, thick green gas. All of that and, and, and the grenades... Um, the trenches. Um, there's there's a great sequence with uh, with um, one of those uh, first tanks. You know the ones where the where the big um, the caterpillar track runs around. Yeah, the track goes all, all the way around, around it and yeah. stuff. So you, you you drive one of those um, sort of through no man's land at, at, at one point. And so um, whilst trying to protect your um, your platoon, is sort of running alongside it. Uh, and meanwhile, you're being sort of dive bombed by. Um, by the Red Baron and what have you. So, you know, all of that was really, really quite cool. Sort of biplanes flying overhead and stuff, trying to chuck bombs at you. You're sort of reversing your tank up to try and protect protect your platoon as you run through the trenches and stuff. The thing about it is, it's a period of history that doesn't usually get a lot of um, anything really, does it? You get a lot of World War Two out there, but you don't get a lot of World War One. That's because there's there, there's a World War Two um, was, you know much more exciting it was much more technical you know the planes and the tanks and stuff were cooler whereas they're they're very sort of proto tanks they're very proto planes if you like um and also it's it was a hundred years ago um and i think that that that's you know there's obviously been a lot of stuff about it on telly this year um because you know it's the it's um you know the the war is 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 uh is raging a hundred years ago now so 
Um, yeah, I've learned a few things from it, and I, as I say, go and just go and fucking play it. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> go and fucking play it. Uh, we shall go and fucking play it. I'm sure. Um, is there anything else? You've been playing. You want to talk about, or is that your? your well, stun? I I have been playing Murder Soul Suspects. I've kind of sort of put it on hold a bit at the moment. Um, I don't know if anybody else has played that. Have you? No, I have not touched no. it. No. I know Stu's rattled through it, but um, I'm sure he'll give his opinions. At yeah, some point. Stu did it in a day. Maybe when he's next on and I'm on, we'll, we'll have a chat about it because I'll have finished it by then. Let's leave it there, shall we? Uh, right. Do you want me to go next, or do you want to go down? Um, I'll go. I'll <clears throat> welcome to basically what I'm going to class as the Nintendo Corner. As <laughs> hey, these hey. two of my games are from a Wii U of all things. No, one of them is a Wii U. One of them's a 3DS. So, oh, if only was Stu was here as well. <laughs> I'd be loving it, I'm sure. Um, first oh, off, well. I'm, Carry I'm on going to say a very quick thing about Mario Kart 8, in that it's brilliant. If you have a Wii U, you should be playing it. It is probably the second best Mario Kart I've played. I still think the 3DS one is the best one, but this is a very close second. No, it Mario Kart Advance is the best, surely. No. Uh, I have a wee thing for Double Dash, so on the GameCube. That I, oh, I could not stand that one. Generally, anything, the first Mario Kart I really liked, anything after that didn't work for me until 7 came along on the 3DS. 7 and 8 are basically the same sort of game. The only real difference in 8 is that they do give you a defence against the blue shell, and the blue shell is nowhere near as consistent as it was in the previous games from the time that I played with it. So what's this? What's this defence against the blue shell? It's the only thing I hate about Mario Kart. It's basically a giant horn that you keep with you. Uh, if you see the blue shell above you, you can activate it and it basically, basically blows it away. Oh, we will have a giant horn. Nice. Yeah, well... She could probably do the same thing, I'm guessing. Um, <laughs> uh, but it is, it's really good. It is an absolutely fantastic Mario Kart game. It's got all the usual Nintendo sort of charm to it. The core, the new courses are really good, really interesting. And the way that they've put in the anti-gravity mechanic now, that you can go kind of vertically on walls and all that sort of thing, adds a little bit more tactical nuance to the game for example I don't know if you remember the highway level that was on the N64 but they've now made it that you can actually on some of the sections you can go up on the side of the highway and try and avoid all the traffic so they're trying to mix it up a little bit it's really it's a top quality title and if you do have a Wii U and you've not bought it you're probably a bit nuts I'm guessing or you've forgotten you've got a Wii U and you've only just remembered now that we've mentioned it. One of the two. <laughs> um, second one, if no one has any Mario Kart type queries. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, second one is the Mario and Luigi's Dream Team Saga, I think it is, on the 3DS. Now this is the fourth in the Mario, Mario and Luigi RPG titles that so they've got. It's an RPG light. Yeah, no. Yeah. Paper Mario is its own separate thing. This is a RPG it is another RPG, but this time it's the two the two of them going on a little adventure. This time they go to the land of Pilau Island. As you can kind of guess the puns start early in this game and they just keep going. Rice to see you to see you rice. So they basically go there, and once again, Princess Peach 
gets kidnapped. Because that that's what happens. Yeah. Is Princess Peach Jack Bauer's daughter, by any chance? She'd be dead by now if she was Jack Bauer's daughter. Jack Bauer, Jack Bauer would have chopped her head off. They've both been kidnapped about the same amount of times, yeah. probably. So that's I, just, I don't understand why she even accepted the invitation. At some point, someone must just lock her in the house and say, you're not allowed to go out. But, obviously no one's learned, so off she went, and off she got kidnapped again. And the basic mechanic in this one is that Luigi dreams, and Mario can go into the dreams. Which sounds a bit weird, but it does allow them to do a couple of abstract things here and there. Is it a bit of a ninception concept? Like that. I no. do. That's, no, that's, that's quite good. Uh, oh, come on, boys. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> it's just what we're reduced to to try and make the Nintendo segments interesting. <laughs> Punish to the max. But yes, it's standard RPG stuff. You wander about. You fight some random battles. You do a lot of talking to NPCs. You do a couple of mini quests. But it's done in the Nintendo charm. That makes the whole thing just very appealing. Even if the mechanics are pretty standard. In that you take an attack turn, you take a defense turn, you try and do some counters. They're not reinventing any wheels here. It's all stuff that you've done before. but It's turn-based combat then, and you're just fighting yeah. Goombas. Well, you're fighting a whole bunch of random things. I don't think any of them particularly have names that I've recognised. I just see stuff and I go, oh, I can jump on its head, and I do, and then it dies. So I'm pretty much sticking to that principle for most of the game at this point. Um, but it's it's the charm of the world. I don't yeah. know how Nintendo do it, I really don't, but they always seem to make characters and worlds that are ridiculously charming, that you just want to spend time in. The main One of the main guys that you meet early on on the island is... Basically, a complete rip-off, stereotypical French person. So he's got a really stupid moustache, and he speaks with an... Well, he doesn't speak, but the words are all done with that elongated French Z, and Z this, and Z that. Mm-hmm. Or for Z baguette. And you just sit there and you go, it's kind of racist slash xenophobic, but it's so charming that I don't really care. It's a lovely it's a lovely game. As I said, It's there's nothing massively, you know, unique about what it does, but I've been playing it for 15 hours and I've enjoyed every moment of it so far. There's plenty of game there then, is there? Yeah, I think I'm only up to the third out of about eight, nine sections, I think. I think it's going to last me a good 50 to 60 hours, give or take. Goodness me. So do you play this on the move or do you play it sat in your pants in the living room? In my leotard. But I tend to play it when I'm on my lunch break, I get a decent hour's worth of playtime. Or, if I'm kind of sitting in my bed and I just want to spend about half an hour playing something or such like. Doing it wrong. <laughs> also, to be fair, it isn't something that you need to sit down and spend hours doing just to feel that you're getting somewhere. You can dip in and out of this and it won't punish you. It always lets you know where you need to go. It's always very clear about what you're doing next. They've really thought about how to make what is a quite a big experience relatively streamlined for a handheld platform. So yeah, recommended if you have a 3DS and you're looking for something to play on it, which I'd be surprised if you are because it's a hell of a lot of good software on that machine, then this is definitely worth a look. I would say if it gets a bit cheaper, but Nintendo 3DS titles don't do cheap. They tend not to, do they? No. 
Yeah, Nintendo titles are old. They just don't go cheap for some reason. Especially the first party stuff. Yeah. That that never comes down in price. Uh, it might be worth a rent though. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. I would say if you've uh, if you fancy something that's going to keep you going for a little while, and is just makes you smile to boot. Well worth it. My problem with these games is, uh, even with Mario Kart on the 3DS and New Super Mario Brothers that I've got on there, is I get them, I like them, but I only end up playing them so far. Do you know what I mean? I never give them like, the proper time, I never finish them off or anything like that. Uh, so I don't know if it would be worth me buying a thing like this. Anyway. Yeah, I'm with but- you, Will. I only tend to buy 3DS games probably about once a year when I go on holiday. Sort of, I'll play it a bit on holiday, on the plane, on the beach, or whatever, um, and then I kind of never go back to them. But is that because you yeah. think they're too? They give you too much game for a handheld platform. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Fire Emblem was was one I spent ages trying to get through. Um, I did really, I really enjoyed it. Um, and I remember all oh, back in the day on the GBA, um, what was it Golden Sun or something? I really enjoyed that as well. Yeah. Oh, that was yeah, so I good. remember playing that on my honeymoon. So um, again, doing honeymoons wrong. <laughs> doing it right. <laughs> the problem with with mobile gaming is is that um, I miss train stops and things like that. So, 3ds hasn't even it's, you know battery's been fat on it for months now. I haven't turned it on in a, such a long time. No, I'm I'm definitely right now. I'm I'm pretty much caning my 3ds when it comes to my lunch breaks because. Even if it's just the simple act of maybe going through an area just to do a little bit of grinding, it's still fun. I, I think it's also because it's a big, bright, funny world, which for an RPG is surprisingly rare. There is no angst here. It's not a lot of people being really depressed about themselves and wanting to get mad and irritated at the world. So it's not Stu Cullen. <laughs> it's just, it's not any Final Fantasy game, or it's not any normal Japanese RPG, or to be quite honest, any Western RPG, where, for the most part, you're wandering around a place that's either been blown up, about to be blown up, or where somebody with an axe or a big gun is trying to run you down and kill you. This is just Mario and Luigi running about, acting stupid, and jumping on things' heads. Oh, I want it. Was it about forty quid then? Um, I thirty, I think. If you look on Amazon, they're normally about twenty-seven ninety-nine. And the last thing I'll talk about quickly is Grid Autosport, which is basically Grid Two on a diet, where they've decided to take away all the fancy front ends, all the weird menu systems. You've basically just said, here's a season, here's a bunch of disciplines you can pick from, and here's a bunch of race race series in those disciplines. On you go, just pick one and be done with it, and enjoy your racing. So you've got tuned, touring, street racing, open wheel racing, and endurance. And within them there's just a series of events which can be between four and six races, I think, at a time. What are you playing this on? A PC. Wouldn't touch on a, I wouldn't really touch on a console if I could help it at this point, because it's just not going to look great anymore on a 360 or a PS3. Hmm. The PC version looks lovely. Not quite as good as Grid 2, I think, but it still looks really nice. Uh, and it's... If you, if you enjoyed Grid style of racing and a Grid handling model, it's basically more of the same. It still suffers a bit from having cars that feel as if their back end is just skidding all over the place. But when you get used to it after a while, it doesn't matter. 
you're just going around corners and driving fast and the AI is as usual top notch. If you race on a hard difficulty setting you need to know how to race because they will use decent lines, they will sometimes make mistakes, they will quite happily buffet you as much as possible but if you win it feels like you've actually won. It doesn't feel like you've just managed to drive that little bit faster than everyone else. Yeah. yeah. And I suppose uh, because of that, you, it feels even the racing as well. That's something that always yeah. um, is a make or break for me. Sometimes when you, you play, um, even Forza sometimes, if you play without yeah. enough assist on, it can feel like you're meant to win. It's just like you're going through the process. But this isn't like that. No, no, not at all. I'm, I've just finished a, finished editing a race I did in Barcelona which I'm going to upload to YouTube at some point in the next couple of days and I came second in that race but due to the way that the AI behaved and the way that my race went I wasn't annoyed that I came second it felt like it was a, a good result because the a, one of the AI cars took advantage of me trying to get past somebody else to move into first place and very few other racing games ever managed to do that most of them wouldn't be yeah. smart enough to try and think about making that sort of move. They would just follow their line and be damned with it. So it's a proper racer's racing game. But you need to like the grid handling model. If you don't, you'll just think it's skiddy as well, anything really. Yeah, it's one I've, I've wanted to get, but um, I think I've got that many things on my plate now. I didn't um, go and get it, even when it was, um, I think it was slightly reducing the steam sale as well. Yeah, it's... it's coming out, so I, 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 I've let it go this time, but it's probably one I'll pick up in the future when I've got no other drivers to play. I would definitely say that if you give it the best part of three or four months, it'll be fourteen ninety nine out of everywhere, because it always happens with great games, you come out, given two or three months down the line, they're always available for about somewhere between 15 to £20. Pound. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a decent um, sort of price. Yeah. And it looks like there's a fair amount of game in there, as I said, there's a decent amount of disciplines and it looks to be about, um, I don't know, between 8 and 10 events, maybe more. So you're talking maybe 50, 60 different events all in all. That's, uh, that's plenty to keep you going, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Again, recommended, especially if you like your racing games. Is that um, all your stuff you've been playing? That is all the stuff that's kept me busy. I suppose it must be my turn then. I haven't said anything yet. Have what have you been playing, Jace? Thanks, mate. Um, I think I've only got one game to talk about, really. I've been playing a couple of other little things. I've been, I've been dipping into Octodad, and I was hoping to play a bit more of that to talk about, but I haven't. Um, and because I've been going out enjoying some outside stuff, um, I've only been really playing. Um, going back to your Games with Gold thing again, um, I've been enjoying one of those we got free, and that was Guacamelee Super Turbo Championship, whatever it is, edition. Not quite as stupid a name as the uh, Dead Rising DLC to come, but um, they've, they've stuck a few superlatives in there. And I'm quite liking it. Uh, other than the fact that it was free, so it saved me £12 straight away, which I can never argue with, it's really quite a good game. Uh, it's a Metroidvania-style side-scrolling platform puzzling kind of game with lots and lots of enemies to beat up. Graphically, it's really quite good. It's all big and bold, blocky colours. Um, it's got that kind of Mexican vibe about, as you'd imagine, with it, with a game that's set um, with the luchadors and the Mexicans and all sorts of things like that. But it's probably better than I thought it was. I did want to get it on the uh, PC a while back, and uh, Derek told me tonight that that was the proper version, and this one's been dumbed down. No, no, it's, it's, it's the opposite way around. The PC version, this is, Turbo Edition is the ultimate edition. It's got all the extras that were included 
from the original PS3 and Vita release two ah, years okay. ago. The PC has one of the expansion packs, but I don't think it's got both. This one has both. Okay. So the one that you're playing just now and the one that the people on the Xbox One got for free is the kind of the top of the tier edition. Although I will say if you've got uh if you bought the PS3 version, the upgrade price on PS4 is only about two pounds fifty, which is not too bad at all. So yeah, uh well the, there's my stand corrected then. That's fair enough. Um it's really my kind of game, I think. There's there's so much in it that appeals to me. Um the story is wishy washy at best. It's just a mechanism to get you to different areas in the game, which is fine by me. I don't really care too much about the story. Uh but the gameplay wise it's fantastic. Um you start off as this guy and you've got very limited abilities. Um you learn to do some fighting moves and you run around and fight some basic enemies. Um, and as you progress through to different levels, um, work out more um, the, the, the puzzle platform areas, uh, you unlock different powers, which then unlock different areas you can get to using those powers. And it rolls on like that. You know, the, the difficulty curve um, is, is fairly flat throughout, I think. Um, it does spike in places. Uh, a, a lot of the mechanics of the game is um, kill rooms, effectively. So you'll go into an area... It will get blocked off at all sides, so you can't escape the area until you've killed the enemies within. Um, and the kill rooms are a, a nice feature to the game. The only thing with them, though, is if you get stuck on a place where you, you're doing the same thing over and over again, um, having a constant loop of the same Mexican music over and over again is just the most annoying thing about this game. Yeah, the uh, diddly 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 is all very good when you're running through the level and, and you're getting somewhere. But when you're in the same area and it's constantly looping over and over again, you just have to turn the sound off and uh, go off vision alone. Somewhere in the world, a mariachi band just died. Well, funny you should say that. <laughs> I'll let you play the game. <laughs> I I really quite enjoy the soundtrack. I think it's one of the best soundtracks I've heard for a good wee while. But I can see why the battle theme might get annoying if you keep hearing it over and over again. I think it, I think the whole the musical way through is very much the same. It's slightly different for different levels, but I think it's all lots of the same mariachi living tune, the same tempo all the time. And yeah. it didn't bother me, but I always found it quite upbeat and quite interesting. And it seemed to match. Certainly, when it got to the fighting parts, it seemed to match what I was doing. I was a big fan of the hitting them enough times that you could throw them and then chucking them into a whole group of enemies at the other end of the screen. Yeah, that's what I've been doing as well. Because it, it just tumbles everybody and then you run across and you punch someone else a bit more, grab them and chuck them. And you basically end up throwing everybody from the left to the right to the left to the right. You can get some insanely high combos if you do it that way. There's an achievement, I think, for a 250 hit combo. Yeah, I haven't quite man. hit that yet. I think I've hit about 210. Combos aren't, you know, they're not the be-all and end-all of this game, but it's nice to uh, build them up. And certain areas you do have to get combos to, to kill certain enemies and stuff. But um, I think uh, the fighting mechanics of it are just fantastic. The, um, the fact that you can juggle enemies and that, you know, pick up in the air, as you just said, Derek, you can knock all the enemies to one side and you can use um, enemies and the environment to kill people as well. So you can um, you can build up those combos and, and you can learn the, the way that, the fighting works for each enemy obviously enemies have got their own patterns and stuff and a lot of that is how it appeals to me as well um whereas you die an awful amount of times in this game yes will i know you die in dark souls before you start <laughs> you 
you want to talk about dying? It's very, it's very reminiscent of uh, an old retro-style platform where you're just constantly dying. Um, thankfully, we have infinite respawns nowadays. We don't have to have the free lives and do the whole game again. Um, but there's lots of that try-again mentality, like the trials and stuff like that that I've talked about before that I really like. It's rewarding to get to the next area but because you know you've had to do things in the right order or you've had to... Um, use the skills you've learned to beat the enemies. So that that really appeals to me. Is everybody else going to play this? I suppose everybody's downloaded yeah, I've it. Been, I've been yeah. playing it. Um, I think where I am now, I'm a bit lost. Um, I'm not entirely sure where I'm supposed to be going. Uh, if you press the, um, what was the back button? What's I that don't called? know. The sh- share? No, wrong control. It's called the fucking select button. Yeah. <laughs> is it? Okay. There, that one, um, whatever, whatever that button is, press that and you've got a map. And that should tell you where, it should have a, a glowing question mark where you're Okay, now I know. Tip I tell you top. what though, it's certainly better than that Charlie murder we played for less than 10 minutes the other night. Oh, yes. yeah. What, well, out of interest, Jace, how do you find the, what, the trickier platforming sections? Because there are a lot of, to get a lot of the kind of secret parts, because, as you say, it's a Metroidvania game, but it doesn't really try and hide that much from you it kind of really gives you a big indication of if you need to go here you need this ability it, but it, I mean it's not like Metroid where sometimes you have to kind of go looking for that sort of stuff, it pretty much just lays it all out for you on the map it just gates it but when you get into these individual areas to get the kind of upgrades it can involve some pretty pretty hardcore platforming using the abilities that you've got, I don't know how many of them you've done or if you've not really touched them or not. Well, I'm, um, I've am i actually been playing while you lot have been talking about your games, um, sad to admit. I'm actually right at the end of the game now. I'm heading in to fight the last boss. Um, so I'm getting on to some of the really difficult platform bits. And um, there's certainly some challenge levels you can get to if you go to the right places. And uh, they really test your ability to use those uh, powers. Yeah, I, I quite like it. I like... Um, the fact that there's no ice levels. Everyone knows I don't like platformers with ice levels, so uh, I can control my jumps. Um, once you unlock the double jump and some of the other abilities, as you know, things get a lot easier. Um, but it's still, you, n- you need to be quite precise. Um, and again, it's that try-again aspect of it and the reward for getting to where you're going. Um, it might only be a little chest full of coins, but th- there's always a reward for doing that. And uh, generally, it's being able to progress through the game. There's a lot of places where if you can't master those skills, then you're not ready for the next part. So it's kind of fostering that in you, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I certainly enjoyed it when I... If I could nail a platforming section, there was a very good sense of satisfaction that I gained from doing that. So it's, it's a game of two halves in a way. There's obviously a lot of the combat, and there's a heavy amount of combat, but it wants you to be quite... Um, have a lot of dexterity in how you kind of tackle the environment as well. And there's a lot of times when it does both together as well. So you've got to do the platform stuff quite accurately, but you've got the enemies around as well. And there's a nice variety of enemies, I think. It's very much not just the the same few skeletons. Um, When you get onto the uh, intensoed enemies as well later on in the game, it all gets a bit real. And uh, enemies have different colored shields, so you have to do a certain move to take their shield down before you can... Um, attack them in a combo and stuff like that. It's it's got lots of uh, lots of depth to the fight, and I'm really just I'm, I'm really glad I played it, and I, I kind of wish I'd played it before. The only bit I don't get is why is there what appears to be knights in the desert? Pretty early on, I think within the game, within the first couple of hours, there's a guy that's got a sword and a shield that looks a bit like an English knight who's just randomly appeared in the middle of a Mexican desert. 
I don't think you need to read too deeply into these things, to be honest. There's a, in a game where a guy has taken over hell and turned the devil into a chicken, you don't need to look at the blooming uh, vagaries uh, of the story. I, I, like, I like theological consistency, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> of course you do, of course. Yeah, I think that's enough, enough to say about it. But yeah, um, if anyone's got an Xbox One, or if you've got Steam or a Vita or any method to play this game, I'd go and play it because... Um, I'm sure I'm late to the party playing it anyway, but I've really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, hopefully um, later today or tomorrow I can get to the end of this blooming game. It's getting hard though. It was an interesting deal, wasn't it? The fact that this game is is free at launch, and there was no sign of it before um, we knew it was coming as the the games for gold, was it? So um, it was a pleasant surprise for me. Yeah, Microsoft must have dug deep to give it away. We were all expecting Loco Cycle or something that you thought was awful, and um, this plus, came along. Plus, it's another game for my one, and I don't have many of those right now, so. That's, that's the idea with the games of gold, isn't it? I mean, they're, just take, they're taking a bit of a play out of Sony's book with launching indie games as their free game of the month. Because, I mean, PlayStation did that with Pixel Dream Shooter Ultimate, I think. And that came out as a free download on the day of launch on the PS4. That was Resogun as well, wasn't it? And the resident most obvious example. So they're just, I think they're realizing that if you if you're going to do this sort of thing, an indie game at launch is maybe not the most expensive way of doing it, and it's a really good game as well. You know, you're not getting anything, you're not getting any tats. No, indeed not. Put your controller down, Chase. Just stop playing Guacamole <laughs> and move it and move us on. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Uh, okay, um, well, that's all we've played um, this time around. I think uh, we've played a nice little range of things. Obviously, lots of free games being played. And lots more games coming soon, I hope. But it is the summer thing, and there's not a great deal of stuff. So, uh, expect it to be a little bit dry coming forward. But, anyway, has anybody else got anything else to talk about that could be mildly interesting to both of our listeners? Well, it's funny you should say that. I've been thinking, since all the... Games on Xbox One certainly have now have a thousand achievement points. Um, I kind of feel that some of these smaller games, yeah, you know, the ones I sort of mentioned previously, like Child of Light and Valiant Hearts, and that, it's very very easy to get the full thousand. Uh, and in you know in in the last week, my gamer score has gone up by about two and a half thousand points. And normally that would take me months to get there. Because I never ever get a thousand on games. And it just seems to me that it's beginning to devalue them. Um, it was, you know, we all wanted those points to come across with the new console. Uh, and that was great and fine that it did. But it just seems that now the score isn't necessarily a measure of your skill. These achievements just seem so easy to come by in a lot of cases. Um, I, I just, I just wonder if anybody else had any opinions about the sort of devaluing of them. So, do you feel that your score is a misrepresentation? Do you feel it has cheapened, has cheapened the achievements that you've got because you're getting more points than you feel you should have strictly got? Well, I don't know. I mean, it means I'm buying games, or or at least playing them anyway. And it, yeah. it, it, you know, they they seem to be just a mark that you that you're getting through them. I mean, Child of Light was incredibly easy to get a thousand points on. Some some games are relatively straightforward to get the points on in the past. It's just that for these smaller titles, instead of getting ten points 
because of the 200-point game, you're now getting 50. Well, yeah, I mean, this is it. Well, you're, you're... you think about it, you're talking about games in the past, Derek. You remember when Xbox first came out, a lot of the games were extremely easy to get all the achievements for because people hadn't figured what out you were supposed what to do with you were them. looking yeah. for in them yet. So you get a lot of games where it was just you beat the game and you get a thousand Gs for it. And I'm not talking about bad games, I'm talking about decent ones back then as well. Do you know yeah, what I mean? like Avatar. Uh, why would you, why would you say that, man? Why would you do that? <laughs> well, look at, um, what's the one? Fantasy Star, when it came out. I quite liked that. There wasn't much out in the way of like a big RPG when I first got my Xbox 360 and I got Fantasy Star and it kind of fit the bill. I know it's a bit rubbish, but yeah, you get all a thousand for just beating the story in that. Suffice to say, I don't have all a thousand because I eventually got old. But you know, I mean, there was a lot of that going about back then. But I mean, you've you've heard me talk about uh, achievements before on the thing, and I think they can kind of, in some ways, they can kind of cheapen the game experience a wee bit. Um, I've, I'm definitely not against achievements. The way I've always seen it, though, is I'm not interested in a big number because the number is basically meaningless. You don't know if I got that number through playing being really skillful at games or playing specifically good games. I know you can look through my list and stuff like that, but the majority of those points are for doing things that you don't really care about. The the, the part of the achievements I do like is having like a proof that you did something particularly cool in a game. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, yeah. it does. Yeah, it and I, I think games like um, Fable, for example, where they sort of go to town with the achievements and will make you dress up in ridiculous costumes and, and go and do certain things in the game just to score some points and just to give you, just to sort of break up, maybe not the monotony of playing the game, but um, just to certainly get you to um, explore and do a few other things. And I think, you know, I think Red Dead, I think, had sort of things like that as well. You'd, you'd go off and, um, and find things and at the end of it, there'd, there'd be a point for it. So I would like them to sort of be more representative of, if not necessarily skill in in every game, but um, but a reward for doing something a bit unusual. In Valiant Hearts, there's over a hundred collectibles, um, which I've I've got them all now, and that's like a hundred twenty five points or something for picking them all up. And it's just that the the values of the points that I'm picking up now are are that much larger than they than they previously would have been, especially on the smaller games. But is that just because you're Looking at it from a, these used to be two hundred point titles. Yeah, I guess I probably am. Is that is that a, I'm kind of thinking, is it just a representation thing in your head? All it is is just scaling up what these points values are, but it's also the same for everybody. Well, yeah, it is. You it know. is. That's true. Talking about scaling up, I'm very surprised that when we moved into the the new generation, I'm surprised that they didn't put more achievement points onto the games for that. Like maybe give How proud he is now. He can talk about the new generation now. Oh, bless him. <laughs> I just think um, like they did it with the Xbox Live Arcade games and stuff like that. I just thought it would be another selling point for people, the Achievement Hunters, who are probably still now... Uh, well, as I say, we know John Salmon is one of the biggest Achievement Hunters I know, and he's not bothered moving on to the next generation because he's more interested in picking up loads of things that he can play and get more achievements for. Do you know what I mean? Um, but if the games were worth, let's say, double the amount of achievements, would that not convince that crowd to then move on to the next generation? So I'm quite surprised that they didn't do but that. I don't think it's a case of getting more points per game. What they've made, what they've done with the smaller games, I always hate using that phrase. It's just a game. The reason they've changed it is just to make everything consistent. I think the reason that they didn't want to upgrade it to 2000 is just that that 
it feel, there's no real justification for it in that regard. It's it can't really say what makes everything consistent. It's just a case of look, we're just going to give you more, and I don't know how I you sell that. I think they could have got away with it though, and it would have it wouldn't have sold a lot more, but it, well, it, it, I think it would have certainly sold a few more systems. Yeah, maybe it might have done. I mean, it's hard to say. We can There's no real empirical test, unfortunately, to be able to tell tell either way. But it's. I mean, I can and also I can understand where you're coming from in that. The number aspect of it doesn't really matter a whole amount. It's fairly superfluous in a lot of ways. But you'll always have those achievements sitting in your library. And for years to come, I mean, in years to come, when I look back at my Xbox history, I can go on to true achievements. And I can look through all the games that I've played and they've gone, bloody hell. I I can remember doing that. Or I remember spending ages getting all those orbs in Crackdown or something like that and those are the memories that achievements will remind me of more than anything else. I suppose so. Especially the hidden ones that weren't actually signposted. Yes, Will? Oh, it's not good unless you can ping them, mate. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> They're hidden for a reason. If I can just throw my oar in uh, about the achievement thing. I think uh, putting achievements into a game has become a bit of a skill of its own on the part of game developers. Sometimes you, you play a game and you think the achievements have done really well on this you, the, the the ideal mix for me is you've got some that are done by progressing through the game, you've got some that are done by going out of your comfort zone and doing something extra special in through the game, and then obviously a nice big reward when you you get the final payoff. Um, if a game's got all those things for me, then it's it's kind of hit all my boxes for achievements, and so few games actually do that properly. Yeah, it's. I think uh, Guacamole is one of those actually. As, as I was talking about before, that that does that. Um, you have your normal ones for beating bosses and and for beating certain areas, but um, again, you've got ones that are slightly off the wall, like killing somebody with an egg bomb, and um, you've got ones for doing ridiculous amounts of combos. You know, you've got all those things, and uh, soon, hopefully, I, I'll I'll see what the the big payoff is at the end. Yeah. Which should be a, a nice few. I quite liked one of the achievements was if you you start a new game in the second save slot, and I think it called it Welcome to the Next Generation. Yeah, yeah, it was good. That's <laughs> <laughs> a that's quite cheeky. And another thing is on na- naming of achievements is always a good one as well. Will, what was the one we always talk about? Will that, that was named really well. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> My God, you must talk about it a lot. <laughs> oh, the uh, there's one in um, the Borderlands one. Yeah. Uh, my brother was an Italian plumber, yeah. which you get yeah. if you can finish off an enemy by yeah by jumping, jumping on, on skags. Yeah. yeah. So you know, it's clever ones like that, and Borderlands is yeah. full of those. Shooty, shooty, make shooty face. There's just so many of them, and um, yeah, I think as I say, it's another skill yeah. um, doing them properly and doing them so so they they raise a smile because at the end of the day, it's an entertainment medium, and that's what it's there. Yeah, exactly. I think certainly with a lot of the smaller games, because you've got such a tight focus, it's not as easy as going well we can maybe put a couple of extra little things in here or try and expand things out a little bit if you've got such a tight remit maybe it's a case of we just have to kind of go by the book i mean if you look at the walking dead for example all their achievements were literally just have you finished this chapter have you got to this mile point uh, milestone in this chapter yep there's your achievement and you really deviated from that but i don't think you really could because you'd end up trying to game the game as opposed to experiencing the game at that point. Yeah, final point on that then. Um, the, fi- the the 5Gs in um, 
in Fable Anniversary. Achievement Squad, I did this for Achievo. And it's perform a headshot with a crossbow while dressed as a woman, wearing a beard and the redhead wig. <laughs> Genius. Nice. Doing it right. Right then, uh, that's all the achievement chat done. Have we got anything else to uh, talk about, or have we gone long enough now? No, I've gone enough. Right then, uh, with that then, we shall call it an end of the show. Um, it's an end thanks, of the show. Thanks everyone for listening. Uh, it's always good to have you aboard. And as always, if you've got any feedback, any comments, any suggestions, or anything uh, you want to get in touch about, remember you can get us on the Twitters at console underscore ninjas. You can get us on the email console ninjas podcast at gmail.com. Or you can probably find us on the street busking for small change. Listeners, take it easy. Host, co-hosts, take it easy. And uh, we'll catch you all. Bye now. Ta-ta. Bye.